0: Hello and welcome. It is great to have you with us as we spend a little time skimming through the Word of God. We hope your week is going well. If things are not going well and you need a little help with prayer, please feel free to visit our website at www.theladderrain.org and let us know how we can pray for you. We would like to be of help. We pray daily that our ministry may be of blessing as we continue sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We'd like to take this opportunity to say hello to our visitors from Canada, those that are visiting from our lovely provinces of Quebec and Ontario. Welcome and God bless you. We're glad you've been tuning in. As a preview of today's sharing, we will continue moving forward with our view into the book of Proverbs. We'll be talking about things that God just does not like at all. We know that sin is sin, whether it seems small or large, but there are certain things that God is very specific about that he just does not have a whole lot of tolerance for. We need to remember that he is merciful and forgiving, but his expectation is for us to continue being transformed through the work of the Holy Spirit, not to stay in the same lost condition he found us in before we came to know him. He is all about transformation and making people's lives new. We'll get into this a bit more after we pray. But meanwhile, I would like to bring your attention to the tension that is building in the Middle East between Iran and the U.S. Jesus gave us clear indications that as we draw nearer to the end, that there would be wars and rumors of wars. As Christians, we need to stay vigilant and to be watchful in prayer. Regardless of your political inclinations, the Bible teaches that we need to pray for our authorities, not to condemn, attack, and least of all, tear down. That, of course, applies to all of us wherever we are, since this ministry reaches many people throughout the world, and how we're supposed to respect those that govern over us, even if we disagree with them. We need to remember the great example our Lord left us, that he didn't even speak against such a ruthless group like the Roman Empire. What we have to deal with today is easy compared to what the early Christians went through, and they did not even speak of revolt or any kind of disrespect against those that persecuted and killed them in the most horrible of ways. So having said that, let's pray for peace and for wisdom through this situation, and more importantly, so God can allow more time for his gospel to be shared in places of great need. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You and I worship You for Your goodness, for Your grace, and as always, I praise You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation and the grace that we have through Him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Your continued forgiveness through Him. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, humbly now, uh, Lord, for this situation that seems to be rather tense, O Lord, between, between Iran and the U.S., Lord God. Heavenly Father, and and we know that there are other things that are happening in the background. I pray, O Lord, that you may please intercede and that you may let this just be a rumor of war, Lord God, and nothing else. We pray, Lord God, for, for wisdom for everyone that is involved. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you may be able to help them understand, to see the best way out of this in terms of peace, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, for for the salvation of lives. We pray for the spread of your gospel. We pray that you may give us more time to be able to share your word with others, that your word may reach those that need it so desperately. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your mercy and for your grace always, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord God, now that you may please guide us to your word, your Holy Spirit, that you must. That you may help us have open hearts and minds, O Lord, and that we may be ready to listen to what you are telling us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we continue our series in the book of Proverbs, we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19. Again, for those of you that are following along, we're going to be reading from Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 to 19. And this is what it says. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Like we mentioned at the beginning, all sin is bad. Like the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 5, verse 17, All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. There are differences in sin from the standpoint of natural consequences and also how we are affected spiritually by them. Let's try to clarify something first. For the sake of being born again or finding redemption and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, there needs to be 100% complete repentance and conversion from all sins, no exceptions. Once you come to Christ, that doesn't mean that you will be perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. We will continue sinning until the day we die, or are taken up to the heavens by Christ through the rapture of the universal church. However, there should be a notable difference in the life of every believer. We can sin, which means some stumbles, some falls, some moments of weakness, etc. But the Bible is very clear in that we cannot practice sin which means when people maintain or adopt a lifestyle that is sinful, there is a difference. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21 talks about this where it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, Drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So again, we can have our moments of weakness, but these things cannot become a lifestyle in the life of a follower of Christ. Sin can never govern our lives in any kind of way, or else what happened to the liberty that we found through Jesus Christ? If we live like we're still enslaved by sin, then we really need to think about what is happening in us. The Bible also teaches us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9-12, to where it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So, We all started as something that was lost. We all did. No exceptions. Whether we were involved in a church or not involved, no matter what our background was, without being born again in Jesus Christ, we were lost in our sins. There were some of us that were probably many of the things listed in the passage we just read. But if we have repented and converted from those things, then that's it. It should be the end of those things. Just like Paul said, and such were some of you. Past tense. So let's leave it in the past as the Holy Spirit and the Word of God lead us to do so. And we read towards the end of the passage that all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Which means that nothing that is outside of God should be controlling our lives. We can have our bad moments, if you will, but that is all they should be, moments, as we continue surrendering our lives to Christ. Now, within these moments of sin, God explains to us through his word that there are certain things or certain sins that are more important to get rid of than others. But again, this is once you have come to Christ. We're talking now about the daily walk here. This is something we need to understand about sin. There are three parties that are affected by sin, in one way or another. God, first of all, and on all sin. Other people, where what you do hurts others, and yourself. This is where some folks get it wrong, and in particular those that mean to justify their sin and sinful lifestyle. The world teaches that you can do anything you want, as long as you don't hurt someone else with what you're doing which is completely off base with what the Bible teaches. So you cannot get your morality or spiritual teachings from the world because that will surely bring about your demise here and now, sooner or later, and most certainly when you stand before God's mighty and holy throne. We don't get to eternal life through our terms and opinions, but rather we can only get to have eternal life through the one that grants it, and that can only happen through Jesus Christ. So, do yourself a favor, and get rid of your opinions, and establish your faith and beliefs on the one that you really need to pay attention to. The truth is that sin hurts God, or rather, your standing before God. It hurts those around you, depending on what is it you're doing and its natural consequences. And sin hurts you through either natural or spiritual consequences. All sin has consequences, no matter how enjoyable or right it may seem at the moment. We will answer through the scriptures the fallacy that it's okay to do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt anyone. When we give ourselves to the Lord, we become His temples because He comes to dwell within our lives, inside the center of our being. And this is what the word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So, don't be fooled. If you do something sinful with your body, God will allow for those consequences to fall on you sooner or later. Be wise. And don't bring about your own self-destruction, no matter what anyone else tells you. Now, coming back to things we need to stay away from, things that are critical for the Lord. If our passage in Proverbs said that God hates these things, then we need to do our best to get rid of these things in our lives, if these are in there somehow. The great thing in all of this is that we don't have to do this on our own. When we surrender our lives to the Lord, we have his help, his power to help deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. Just put it before the Lord and surrender it. Now, according to our passage today, there are six things that he hates and seven that are an abomination, which pretty much goes hand in hand with hatred. In other words, these seven things just do not work well with the Lord. Ultimately, this is bad stuff that just needs to go away. The first one is a proud look or pride. If we have pride, then yes, get rid of it, subdue it. Whatever it is you have to do to make it go away. Why does God hate pride? For starters, it reminds him of Satan. Pride is what made Satan fall. He wanted to be like God. The second problem with pride is that you are useless to God. We ultimately just need to follow and obey God. But if you are proud... You're just going to second-guess, doubt, or just plain out rebel against God. And of course, we can never be proud of our sin. We can't justify ourselves before a holy God. We can't pump our fists up in the air against Him, which is what many people are doing nowadays. That not only do they practice what is wrong, but they are proud of it. That is far away from what is right. Pride ultimately hurts you and those around you. Pride and stupidity, unfortunately, go hand in hand. The second thing is a lying tongue, or lying, which is also synonymous with deceit. Many people lie, and they lie all of the time. But I wonder if those that like to lie like to be lied to. I don't think so. Who likes being lied to? And of course, lying and its consequences should be fairly self-explanatory. And yes, Satan is the father of all lies. So if you like lying and being deceitful, you are upholding great similarities with someone that does not have a good reputation and is only interested in your eternal destruction and misery. The third thing are hands that shed innocent blood. Where can anyone justify harming someone innocent? I ask that, but it happens all of the time. People hurt others without any kind of reason. Let's put a real-life example out there, and maybe some of you might feel a little uncomfortable with this. There are folks that justify their ultra-feminist views and way of proceeding through life as a way to get back at men for what men have done in the past. I can understand that many men did wrong things before. I get it. I can't debate that. But is it fair to make someone that is innocent pay for what another person did in the past? The same thing goes for men that try to hurt women for what other women did to them. And the only way to understand this is through the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do you like suffering for other people's mistakes or evils? I don't think so. Then, don't shed innocent blood. It's really about being fair. The fourth one is a heart that devises wicked plans. There are people, whether you believe it or not, who stay up all night thinking about how they can do something that is wrong. And, of course, they justify whatever it is they're planning through some sort of twisted reasoning. Or, There are folks that know full well that what they're scheming is wrong, and they don't care that it's wrong. We have to be careful with carrying out evil designs because God sees everything, even the things that are deep within our heart. You cannot hide anything from the Lord. He knows you better than you know yourself. For it is written, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So if a person is devising wicked plans, they're only planning evil against themselves. Everything comes back sooner or later. Everything has consequences. The fifth thing is feet that are swift and running to evil. What does that mean? Well, Have you ever dealt with a person that if you invite them to do something constructive or meaningful, that they tend to drag their feet or act disinterested? But if you invite them to do something wrong or shady, they get all excited about it and they they can't wait to do it. This basically refers to a person that is attracted to doing those things that are wrong and that they will almost literally run towards doing these wrong things. You want to see where someone's at? Do a little test. Try to invite a group of people to a prayer meeting and see how many people show up. Then, try to invite the same group of people to a bar somewhere to get hammered and see how many show up. Obviously, don't go through with the bar thing. This is just for explanation purposes, but I think you get it, right? The sixth thing is a false witness who speaks lies. This one goes hand in hand with lying. The only difference is that this person lies about what happened with other people. Why is this bad? What if, what if you were standing trial for something you were innocent of? And this false witness comes in and says, Your Honor, I saw this person do this wrong thing they're being blamed for. That would be bad, right? Well, many people will do that, and of course, if it involves saving themselves. They will lie and deceive to blame others for whatever reason they have come up with inside their minds and they don't care about what happens to another person. And finally, number seven, one who sows discord among brethren. These are people that love to pit others against each other. There are people that actually enjoy stirring the pot, so to speak. There are people that like to manipulate And drive others against each other for their own evil plans and schemes. As Christians, we are called to be peacemakers, for it is written, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So the opposite could be deduced from those that are not peacemakers. Those that cause discord can be labeled as sons of Satan. We are to bring peace wherever we are at, as much as is within our power, and of course, within the principles that the Word of God supports. We can't make peace with those things that go against God, so we have to apply some sort of spiritual common sense, if you will. We need to promote peace through the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the end, God provides us with His instruction and principles so we can stay away from those things that impact Him negatively, others, and even ourselves. Everything God teaches us to do is for everyone's own good and best interest. We have a God that wants nothing but the best for us. That's why He teaches us like a loving Father that He is. It's not that He wants to deprive us from enjoying life, actually quite the contrary. He provides us with His direction through His Word and the Holy Spirit so we can live life well here while on earth, and most importantly so we can be ready for the world that is coming later. We may not have a perfect life here, even when we try to do things as best as possible, but I can guarantee you that if you try to live out God's Word in your life, chances are is that you will be better off now, and of course in the not-so-distant future. We just never know when our time may come. No one really knows when that will be because this life is very uncertain. So, wouldn't you want to be ready for when that moment comes, which may happen quite unexpectedly without any kind of warning? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Help us, O oh Lord, to be sensitive to Your Word, to your, to your direction, to Your counsel, Your advice to us. Help us to understand, O oh Lord, that all You want is just what's best for us. You want us to have blessing while here, Lord God, while we're here on earth and to have fruitful lives, to be able to do those things that truly bring about life. And Heavenly Father, You certainly want us to be blessed in eternity lord god because everything that we do here counts towards eternity heavenly father help us to be mindful of your will help us O lord that when we make decisions and when we act that we may be able to make decisions and act according to those things that bring you honor and glory those things that bring about peace O lord and and the good things that you want to produce in our lives heavenly father we understand that that doesn't mean that we will that our lives will be perfect here but lord our understanding and our faith is that our lives will be better heavenly father i give you thanks again because you love us because you care about us and because you just want what's best for us heavenly father help us to understand that help us to keep that in our minds help us to keep that at the at the forefront of our thoughts I pray, Lord God, for each person that is listening, Heavenly Father, that they may understand that your wisdom, your ways, your direction is ultimately what is the best for them, for their lives, and for those that surround them and love them as well. Because all you want is just love for us. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web, web address again is www.theladderrain.org. The Ladder Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. God bless you.